Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds. This is being recorded. It is. Best day of my life. <laughs> the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, host of the podcast, your best friend, and couldn't be happier to be here. It's December. We're back in action, trying really hard to get the show going. Last month's National Podcast Posting Month. Uh, it took a lot out of me. Man, it was exhausting, but it was so much fun to put out a show every single day. And I cannot keep that up because I will I will die of talking exhaustion. Um, but we're back, and we're putting out a show for you today. It's our Unethical Fishing Contest Day. We're going to announce the winner of the contest after you get a chance to hear all the great calls. So we're really happy to see all the participation in that contest. We have the news this morning, and I'm going to update you on what's been happening in the world of my fish nerd world. So a lot to go, a lot to do, a lot to get to. Uh, but why don't we jump right in with the unethical fishing contest. Let me just kind of back up a little bit and remind you what the contest was a few months ago. It seems like forever ago. We did an episode on uh, catch and release practices and decided to have a ethical unethical fishing contest where callers you were asked to call in and tell us your most unethical fishy story and i was going to compile them all and pick a winner and you're going to win uh fishing lures and a fish nerds beanie and all kinds of fun junk i've got laying around my office so i can do a little office clean out and <clears throat> and we got calls in the way i'm running this contest now is is you know, surprisingly few people actually call in so i'm trying to save up the contest and run them until we get about 10 or 12 entries because one or two people is not enough. So um, if you do hear contests coming up, and you will later in the show, call in right away. Don't think about it. Just do it. Get in there. You've got a really good chance of winning, and we're looking for high-quality entries. Um, I'm not going to delete anyone for a low-quality entry. In fact, sometimes they're very, very fun. Um, but you know, think about it a little bit. I just said, don't think about it, Colin. Now I said, think about it. I'm a hypocrite. Terrible human. But anyway, let's jump right in with the unethical fishing contest entries and stay tuned to the very end of the show when we will announce the winner. All right, let's check out these unethical fishing entries. It should be good. I can't wait. We got about a dozen entries, so let's hear them all now. Hey, fish nerds. This is Kevin. I'm a marine biologist in Fort Myers, Florida. And my favorite, or my least favorite unethical thing that I see while fishing is tackle unnecessarily left behind in trees and snags and stuff. I know there's definitely times when you lose a lure and just have some, no way to get to it, but I really hate to see trees that are so covered with abandoned fishing lures that they look like Christmas trees. And it really gives anglers a bad look. And, uh, if it happens too much, then, you know, the next thing you know, you're, favorite fishing hole has no fishing signs all around it so uh that's my that's my uh gripe i guess and uh to clay and the the rest of the fish nerds crew thanks so much for everything you guys do and looking forward to the next episode happy thanksgiving well happy thanksgiving to you too and uh, i i wouldn't know how to stop it i i've often 
I've often, when I was younger especially, get my stuff stuck in trees. And how do you get them down? you got to burn the tree down, I think. That's the, the only reasonable solution. Burn the tree. If you don't do that, then it's then you're unethical. From now on, cook them. <laughs> Thanks for the entry. Here's the next one. Check it out. should be good. Hey, Clay. It's Reed from Minnesota. Um, for me, the most unethical thing I can recall from fishing is an ad I've seen a few times in Craigslist from bow fishermen who who put up ads that they uh, that they plan to have a lot of dead fish to give away on Saturday or on Sunday for your garden. Um, it just kind of breaks my heart to think that there's people out there that want to go kill fish so bad. They have no interest in the fish, and they're trying to find excuses to go kill them. Makes me sad. That's all I got. See you. Hey, Reed, I'm sorry you're so sad. No, I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. The, uh, there, you know, the, there is a common problem amongst anglers all over the country where they think they need to be in charge of the biology of all the fishes. and Those bucket biologists just killing fish just for fun. Um, I, I'm a big fan. If I'm going to put fish in my garden, they're going to go in alive. That's just me, you know. But you do you. I do me. But thanks, Reed, for that uh, for that call. And I definitely don't support killing just for fun. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Here's our next call. What's up, fish nerds? Clay, how's it going, buddy? This is Sean from the Aquademia podcast. Hi, Sean. Just listening into the Catch and Release episode, and I wanted to share my most unethical fishing story that I've ever seen. Uh, I was out on a pontoon boat once, saw a couple guys fishing from dock uh, on one of the lakes here in New Hampshire. Caught a pumpkin seed. I'm sure you know uh, in these ponds in New Hampshire how abundant the pumpkin seeds are. I think that's the only thing I've ever caught in my entire life around here. I love them. But um, caught a pumpkin seed and, uh, you know, laughed about it a little bit, kind of a small guy. Tossed it up in the air and totally David Ortiz did right back into the water. With oh, a, no. With and I was kind of traumatized. <laughs> that's the worst. I tried to give him a piece of my mind, but they laughed and didn't care and walked away, but... Uh, you know, I appreciate what you're doing and sending that message, and I think, uh, you know, ethical catch and release is a really big deal, so thanks for everything you're doing. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have a good one. Bye. All right, and that's uh, Sean. He makes the uh, Aquademia podcast, and he's from New Hampshire. We will get him on the show soon. We keep trying to work it out, and my schedule this last two months has been really crazy, and I haven't had a chance to get together with him, but I do like Sean. And I saw him at Podcast Movement this summer in, where were we? Must have been Orlando or someplace. I don't know. I can't remember. Here's next call. <laughs> so silly. Hi, my name is Josh Nee, and I'm just calling to enter your contest for the most uh, unethical thing I've witnessed fishing. Hi, Josh. Um, this is about 15 years ago. Uh, I live here in Sacramento, California, and there's a, a river that runs right through the heart of the town, and it ends at the base of a big dam where the salmon can't go any farther. So as you can imagine, everybody would line up and catch the salmon because they would just pull up, like I said, at the base of this dam. And one day we were down there, and the limit at the time was three salmon apiece. Um, So this gentleman had already caught his three salmon and proceeded to continue uh, catching salmon and he ended up catching five or six more on top of his limit. But instead of just keeping the fish, he cut out all the row from uh, the fish. They happened to all be females. 
and would take the row out and then throw the dead salmon back into the river. Um, and after just a couple of this uh, happening, I called the Department of Fish and Game's uh, Caltip poaching hotline, and uh, they ended up meeting the guy in the parking lot of the fish hatchery where everybody parks, and uh, it ended up being he had three whole salmon and the skeins of row from six other. Um, I was involved with the process of trying to get him convicted, had to meet with the fishing game officer a couple times, and I believe he ended up getting uh, a felony for, I think, waste of game and was put on probation for a couple of years, I believe, and lost his fishing privileges. So that was definitely the most unethical thing I've ever seen. Uh, I love your guys' podcast and look forward to every new episode. Have a good night. So that's we're seeing a common theme here. People killing fish just for the fun of killing them or sport killing or killing and not eating the whole thing. So really common theme. This is why I love the Fish Nerds listener. You guys, you, uh, you really seem to really care. You get it. And uh, a lot of fishers don't get it. They just kill. And uh, I think we've all been guilty of, especially younger, when we, when we're younger people make the mistake sometimes. But, you know, you don't have to just kill things. Stop killing for fun. Here's next call. Well, hello there. This is Homer Stimson. Homer? embarrassing, unethical thing to talk about for your contest. Wow. Uh, probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen is uh, I was ice fishing um, out by my camp on Danforth Bay. I love Danforth um, Bay. New Hampshire. And I was just sitting there on my bucket catching white perch up the wazoo. They were everywhere. I was having a grand old time. Nothing like perch up your wazoo. I see this, this vehicle. Moving around in circles, driving around this resort. I bet it was a Jeep. Danforth Bay Resort. And I just see it doing loop-de-loops. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? He must be drunk from last night. So I say, whatever. Um, I get back to fishing. The truck comes back again. Parks behind the snowbank. Now, I'm facing the snowbank, so I can't really see the car. And I just see this guy come out, drop trout, drop his drawers, and take a giant poop in the road. Oh, no, that was me. By this resort, this guy <laughs> pooping. Um, it was really, really bad to see. So even though he wasn't definitely fishing, um, I know the guy. I think he was fishing, and I got to watch him poop. So that's the most unethical thing ever. He left it there. He didn't even clean it up with a doggy bag. He's a rotten human being. All right, thank you. <laughs> the worst kind of human, leaving a big steamer in the road. Uh, that was me. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Homer Simpson. Um, and I'm 90% sure that was actually Rich Collins, our fly fishing correspondent, <laughs> reacting to one of our Napod Pomo shows where I discussed with Paul Chomo pooping in the road at Danforth Bay. You're welcome. Go back and listen to that story if you didn't hear it already. Next call. Hey, Clay and Fish Nerds. This is Terry Andrews from Michigan calling to tell you about one of the most unethical things I've seen out fishing. Back in my early teens, I used to take a fishing pole, bungee corded onto my bike, and ride down to a stream a few miles from my house. Mostly you might find suckers or maybe a bass in that stream, but if you're really lucky in the fall, there would be the tail end of a salmon run. Mm. Salmon would come all the way from Lake Michigan, about a 100-mile trip up the Grand River into Lansing, and eventually some might make it into that creek where I fish. Well, one afternoon, I rode my bike down, left it under the overpass where I could access the stream, but I didn't see any fish underneath the overpass, so I worked my way down maybe a half mile along the bank 
hoping for a chance to catch one of those salmon. Well, I'd been there fishing about an hour or so, trying different holes, casting in different runs, when suddenly I heard some some commotion coming from up the stream. I was a bit nervous because even though this area I was in was all wooded and there weren't any houses around, I didn't actually know who owned that property. I thought, hmm, I might be getting into some trouble here for trespassing. Well, as the noises got closer, I started to hear a bunch of hollering. There was splashing in the water and someone shouted, Get her, boy. Get her. <laughs> That's about enough right then where I decided I'd better crouch down and hide back in the bushes away from the bank so I wouldn't be seen by whatever was coming. I'm still shocked about what I saw next. There were four of them. Ma, Pa, Jethro, and Cletus. All of them were waiting in the creek. Pa and the boys are wearing bib overalls. You know, the hillbilly look. No shirts on under them. Most frightening of all, they're all carrying pitchforks. Now, my heart was beating pretty good, and I was wondering, what the? Are these guys going to kill me for trespassing? Well, eventually the group waded their way past me, and that's when I realized what they were up to. They're walking in a line, basically the width of the stream, and what they were doing was trying to flush out any salmon they could find. They did find one. They'd go after it with the pitchforks. Salmon herders. Well, I was pretty glad they weren't after me for trespassing, but I thought, oh, no, what if they see me and they know I've seen them trying to poach salmon? Are they going to come after me with the pitchfork? I stayed crouched down in the bushes, being real quiet-like. There was a little bend a ways past me, and it wasn't too long before they were well past and out of my line of sight. Well, I crept out of there, jumped on my bike, and pedaled like mad for home. The only time I ever saw those people. Nowadays, everyone's got cell phones and would have reported something like that to a CO right away. But back then, I was just happy to make it home alive. That's my story. I made it out. I hope those fish got away, too. See you, fish nerds. I don't know if I give you bonus points for the stereotyping or do I take points away. I can't figure this out. There's something intrinsically, intrinsically funny about making fun of slack-jawed yokels, but... Uh, I also like a lot of people like that, so I don't know. Good story, though. Really fun uh, and spooky. Next. Hey, Clay and fellow fishing nerds. This is Michael Frank down in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Michael Frank. Uh, one-time <laughs> guide corner uh, representative. You're always a rep here. If you um, want to come back, we're still here. the most unethical thing I've witnessed while fishing. Um, I would reference a location I fished, Chain Bridge in Washington, D.C. The short stretch of Potomac River in Washington, D.C. is patrolled by a handful of rangers that are hired by the Washington, D.C. Parks Department, not the National Parks Department, but the Washington, D.C. Parks, which means that it's like the Wild West with no sheriff home. Chain Bridge hosts a run of striped bass in the spring, as well as shad, and herring. The herring come upstream and the striped bass follow them and feed on them heavily. The things I witnessed while I was there were varied and appalling. Um, pollution, like I had never seen before, tangles of line, dead fish left everywhere to rot and stink. Um, one day I watched a guy pull his two fish for him and his friend and then take a third one. It was one fish per day per person. Uh, he offered me a beer, which I declined. And as I started... Always take the beer. Come on. ...all the of fishing line that were everywhere, 
Um, he joked that if I kept at it, it might be clean in a hundred years. That's true. But probably the worst two things that I saw while fishing at Chain Bridge were one situation where a person was cast netting for herring for bait and had been watching me fishing for striped bass just below a falls that w- that delineated the fall line. The striped bass generally could not get above this three to four foot falls, um, and I assumed he wanted herring. So in my second language, I happen to be a Spanish teacher, I explained to the gentleman that bait fish could be found above the falls. He sat and waited for me to get tired of fishing and catching striped bass, moved in, eyed up the area, threw his cast net, an illegal means of harvest, pulled out at least a dozen herring and about a 25-inch striped bass, which was illegal at the time to keep, heaved the striped bass over to his friend who put it in the cooler, and then shook the net of live herring out onto the rocks where they were allowed to sit and die and rot, along with all their brethren. Um, The other instance I found of, of total abuse of the fishery was when I noticed two gentlemen pulling a gunny sack, a burlap sack full of striped bass of various sizes, uh, way over the limit and way undersized, out of the woods, sending a third person up ahead who whistled twice. Oh, is that it? Where's the rest of the story? We got cut off. Michael Frank can talk. That is for sure. I bet he has to call back and and finish the story later. Thank you, Michael. Um, and uh, I'm seeing this theme of killing fish, keeping, uh, you know, poaching, and just making messes everywhere. Common theme in this unethical world. The gentleman dropped. Oh, he's back. Hi, Mike. Fish because two whistles meant the police were at the parking lot. One whistle would have meant come along with the fish. We are having a fish fry tonight. Anyway, those are my tales of unethical fishing. Uh, there are many more. Would love to be involved in uh, the, the show talking about unethical practices. Um, in fact, my introduction to fly fishing, uh, I was caught doing something unethical, and I was unaware of it. Um, but it was a turning point in my evolution as a fisherman, and uh, I've never looked back. And I'd like to say I've never done anything unethical since. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry for the long-winded message there, Clay. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, we all all grow by making those mistakes. Someday I'll do a contest where you can call in, change your voice, and tell me the worst thing you've ever done while fishing. Make it more personal, but not this next month. We have another contest coming right up. Next call. Hey, Clay. was just listening to your podcast about fishing pet peeves. I am a female new fisher. Um, I live in New Jersey. We have some awesome places to fish here. But um, I usually take my nephew out, who's seven years old, Good. And we both decided that we're going to pick up garbage every time we go out there. That's and awesome. every time we go out there, we find a lot of stuff. Yep. Not only fishing line and lures and all kinds of fishing tackle, but also there's a lot of people that smoke and, like, just put their butts on the ground right next to the water. Uh, people who throw garbage everywhere. So that's really one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, Wyatt, he's seven years old, and he is, like, wants to save the environment and he loves fishing and I love fishing and we're definitely a catch and release family and just people come on don't be a douche and throw all your crap on the ground it's terrible mm, bonus um, douche use we find everything from beer to soda cans to like a full bag of lunch from McDonald's um we've found um 
pots and pans, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, again, we have some great fishing here in New Jersey. If you're ever in the area, you want to go fishing, let me know. Uh, again, my name is Gerald Orsino. My love the show. Thank you so much for all the information. I love learning about fishing and, um, I'm addicted. I have way too much tackle. Take care, Clay, and, um, catch a big one. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Gerald. You know, I grew up fishing in New Jersey down in uh, the Cape May Wildwood area, so I'm familiar with both the smokers and the good fishing. So New Jersey's known for their quality smokers all over the state of New Jersey. And uh, fun fact, I think smoking looks cool. I'm not a smoker, but man, I've always thought, man, that smokers there are so cool. Wish I was that cool looking. I'm not even being sarcastic. I totally mean it. Hello, fish nerds. This is Dave from Wisconsin Outlook on YouTube. Dave, hi. The most unethical thing I saw while fishing was a person that was purposefully snagging lake whitefish as they were coming into spawn. I believe he had about 12 lake whitefish in his bucket that he had snagged, mostly across the back. But I am happy to report that the game warden contacted him soon after I saw him. And he definitely got a sign. I love the podcast, and thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. That's Dave, and you can Dave. Feel free to um, join our Facebook group if you're not there already, and share your YouTube links so people can see what you're up to out in uh, on your YouTube channel, Wisconsin. I think you said Wisconsin Outlook. Um, and yeah, appreciate you calling in. I'm glad you listen. It's fun when other uh, creators. I uh, appreciate the effort <laughs> we put in here. So thanks, Dave. Here's our next call. Hey, this is Chandler uh, out in Lehigh, Utah. I'm calling Hi, about uh, what you said about calling in for the most unethical thing I've ever seen. So um, the most unethical thing I've ever seen was um, a guy on a boat unspool about a couple hundred feet of fishing line, uh, cut it, and uh, drop it into the lake. Oh, gross. So, I uh, hope that helps, and I uh, love what you guys are doing. Love your show. Thanks. Yeah, that monofilament. I I wish there was a quality like alternative to to that mono because it just stays there forever. Animals get all tangled up in it, and it doesn't doesn't disintegrate the way it should. I think um, Eagle Claw makes a biodegradable one, but I wonder how long it stays on your on your on your lines for. But there are a lot of people who think it's no big deal just to chuck that line in the lake and. See what happens. It's crazy. Hi, my name is Alex Bencourt. I hey, am Alex. from California. California? San Diego specifically. Awesome. And the most unethical thing I've seen while fishing is someone who caught a, a seven and a half pound bass, had their shad in the cooler, took it out, put it right in the bath now, and it choked and died. And it was floating in the water for the last couple hours. They took a bass and they shoved a shad in its face and tossed it back in the lake. That's that's what you're that's what you're saying happened. That is that is crazy and and also gross. Um, I wonder why they did that. I wonder what the, their thought process was. I don't get it. I don't understand people anyway, so it's it's confusing. Do they like take pictures of it? Make a YouTube video? There's so many questions, more questions than answers. The question is, is what do you do about it when you see something like that happen? I usually put a Facebook poll up and say, what should I do about this thing? Because I'm not uh, brave enough to confront people when they're breaking the fishing rules or regulations. I, 
and I don't want to cause a fight. Next call. <laughs> hey, Fishers, this is Alex. I am from California. Alex, you just called. San Diego. And the most unethical thing I've seen while fishing is um, there's this guy fishing on the dock, caught a seven and a half pound largemouth, took all his plastics and put it all inside of the person. Oh, I see. It wasn't a shad. It was a bunch of rubber baits. Oh, you quit on me, Alex. Where'd you go? Uh, he's breaking up. Alex, where'd you go? <laughs> you know, whenever you call in the show, you can always hang up, regroup, call back. Some people can even, you can even script it if you want to. You get a little better call there, but Alex, that was funny. So the guy took the bass, took all his rubber worms and shut them down the fish's face and then threw them in the lake. That is terrible. It's also littering and killing and all the things we don't like to see with our fishes. Terrible terrible human beings out there. This unethical fishing thing is making me sad. We have one more call. It came in last minute while I was recording. Here's the last call. Hey, how you doing? My name is Patrick Kennedy. I'm not sure if you're Hi, still doing your unethical... Just barely um, doing it. But I do have a, a moment when I was a uh, really young kid. I'm 31 years old now. I was, oh, you're an old man, uh, Patrick. I've been 11, 12 years old. I was fishing the Hudson River up... Uh, you know, inland a little bit. I was with my father and my uncle, and I'll never forget there was a family of people there, um, and they were keeping short, striped bass, uh, really short fish. And my dad was, he's a very large man. He's six foot four, uh, 250 pounds, said something to them, and they, they paid him no mind, but I remember watching them. They would keep these small fish you know, dispatch them, put them in a bucket, and then when they were catching larger ones that were of legal size, they were throwing back the dead fish and keeping the larger ones. Um, so, yeah, just want to give you my unethical fish woman. I don't know if, uh, yeah, have a good day. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your calls for the unethical fishing contest. I really, I mean, the biggest thing I'm seeing, litter. I'm seeing uh, people killing fish for the sake of it, and I'm seeing people um, uh, breaking the fishing regulations uh, and just being mean overall. So, very common theme. Stay tuned to the uh, very end of the show, and we'll announce the winners. Uh, there's so many good calls here. Really hard choice. I wish I had said I was randomizing it and not picking one of my favorites. Um, I do have a few favorites in there. I have just qualified a couple because... Uh, well, I, I just qualified Rich Collins because it's Rich Collins. Uh, and that's the Homer Simpson one. <laughs> and uh, and uh, But yeah, a lot of great calls. And we'll be doing another contest coming up in uh, January. Well, now. So call so if you want to be part of our next month's, which is December's call-in contest. We'll get, you'll have another Fish Nerds swag package. You'll be getting a Fish Nerds beanie. You'll be getting some... Glass water, lead-free lures, a bunch of crap I got in my office. Um, and for the, anyway, the contest is our annual, our annual uh, fishy New Year's resolution. So you call the show and say, "Hey, my name is Clay from New Hampshire, and my fishy New Year's resolution is to kill less fish with baseball bats while chasing fish with a pitchfork and littering." That is my resolution this year. You fill in your own. 607-378-FISH. 
I'm going to run this contest up until the first week of January, and then um, then the, then we'll pick a winner and make them good ones. Give us a good call, and the more the merrier. All right, so here's let me give you guys a little fish nerds update. What's been happening in the world of the fish nerds? So. The world of the fish nerds is chaotic, crazy. I don't have a regular schedule, and I and the world is my world. It's my own imaginary. I feel like Mister Rogers' neighborhood all the time. So it's my own kind of uh, crazy world I live in. Uh, but I was, I was, I was. This is actually really cool. I was uh, having a cup of coffee with some friends a few weeks ago, and I, I I do a lot of work in coffee shops. And my, my phone rang, and it was the local radio station, which is 93.5 WMWV. You can find them at WMWV.com. And the reason I'm giving you their... Well, I'll tell you. So they they called me up, and it was the local DJ. His name is Mark Johnson. And he says, hey, Clay, uh, you got a minute? And now he's... Whenever I hear that, I think, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. I did something terrible. Got a minute? <laughs> and uh, and it was Mark Johnson calling up, and he's he's the station manager. And he said, hey, Clay, you got a minute? Um, I said, sure. And he said, well, our weekend disc jockey just quit, and we need a new voice, weekend voice on the radio, and we thought that maybe you want to come in and give it a shot, which for a podcaster is a big deal. You know, we sit in our basement on a microphone and pretend to be DJs, but mostly... We just are, you know, some guy in the basement talking on a microphone and, and just very few people are listening. Fish nerds, we're lucky because we got a lot of you listening and we're happy you're here. But most podcasters, it's about 120 listeners on, on average. I think the median is about 120. So uh, we have a lot more than that because we're famous. So <laughs> he calls up and, uh, of course, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to be a DJ on your station. And... Uh, so I go. I, I make an appointment to go in and find out what the details is. I sat down. I had a meeting with, with the owner of the radio station and him. And next thing you know, I'm training to be a morning DJ. And I thought, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kill it. And it's going to be the easiest thing on the planet because I talk in a microphone all the time, talking to myself or talking to you, I guess, uh, all the time. So I should have no trouble whatsoever getting this done. So I do a couple of training shifts where I learn how to work the uh, <clears throat> the mixing board, and it turns out. Uh, so I don't do a lot of mixing with this podcast. I don't run it through a board. I just record right into my computer because I don't like a lot of buttons because I get my brain can't split its time very well. So the the uh, they show me how to work the board. I think I got it, and then the Saturday morning I go in. I'm gonna be on live on air at six a.m. And I have a there's another per DJ there who's, who's kind of overseeing me, making sure I can do it. And at the top of the hour, by law, FCC regulation, you have to open the sh- open up and live say you're listening to 93.5 WMWV Music Without Boundaries, Conway, North Conway, Jackson, whatever the towns are. And so. Six o'clock rolls around. I turn the microphone on. I'm on the air live for the very first time. And I go, good morning. Oh, God. And I turn the mics off and put the music back on. <laughs> Complete panic. Uh, I don't even know why they have it. I'm not afraid to talk on a microphone. And it got it got better from that <laughs> from then on. And I slowly got, got the hang of it. The next day, 
I did better. And then I came in a week later and did it. And I thought I had this for sure. And I knocked the radio off the air twice. So you just never, you never know. The difference between live radio and podcasting is it's live. Podcasting, I can make a mistake and I can go back and edit that mistake. Live radio is for real in your face right there. You better get it right the first time. The good news about live radio is your mistakes go away as fast as they happen. Uh, whereas with a podcast, the mistakes, if you put it out, if you save it and you put it out in the world, they live uh, forever on the on the podcast. But anyway, if you want to hear me live on the radio, I don't do a f- talk show. It's it's music show. Uh, but I do talk a little bit. You can stream uh, at WMWV.com. You can stream it live on Saturday and Sunday morning, Saturday at 6 a.m. till Well, I'm live from 6 to 9, but you'll hear me on the radio from 6 until 1 o'clock and on Sunday from 7 o'clock a.m. Um, it's a lot of fun, and I still have time to fish afterwards. So there's that. Uh, in the fishing world, we're getting ready uh, for ice fishing here in New Hampshire. Where the lakes are just starting to catch. When I say catch, I mean freeze a little bit. Um, we're looking at about one to two inches of ice on most of the small ponds now. So another week or two, we'll be at four inches, which is considered safe. And we'll be out uh, reporting live from the ice. I just built a brand new ice shack out of an old camper um, with lots of reclaimed wood. It's really kind of cool and rustic and fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to fish out of. Uh, Vinny helped me build it, and um, I can't wait to see if I can even get it on the ice. That'll be the next challenge. How do I get this giant ice shack on the ice with a snowmobile and a Jeep. Um, so that'll be the, the next big challenge. I'll be sure to report back and let you know how that goes. Uh, and if you want to fish with me, um, we're running charters all winter. We're booking now. You can go to fishnerds.com for our rates and book your fishing trip now with, with the Fish Nerds. We can do Silver Lake and jig for lake trout, or we can go to uh, Danforth Bay in Freedom, New Hampshire and fish for panfish and bass and have a really good time there. Uh, or we can do some small pond fishing anywhere you like. So give us a call and uh, let us uh, let us take you fishing. And we'll give you a good deal. It'll be a whole lot of fun. All right. How about some fish in the news? News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. Oh, fish nerd nation. This is Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas. And co-founder of Glasswater Angling, we make lead-free fishing tackle for a better outdoors. Hey, I got a fun little story here from November 24, 2019, fresh out of England, about a load of frozen fish that came into New Haven Port in East Sussex with a little extra on board. All right, I don't know how many of y'all listened to episode 219. Uh, we talk about eels, not only about how some guy stuck an eel up his butt to cure his constipation, but also how eels in the Thames River in England are getting contaminated with cocaine residue from all the partying going on, and the people uh, pee it out, and apparently it by, you know gets through the treatment plant and into the river, and unfortunately into the eels. Well, in that vein, uh, I have a story here about where that problem originates. Okay, so here's how the story reads. A driver has been charged after 10 million pounds, that's British pound sterling, worth of cocaine was found hidden in a load of frozen fish. The haul was discovered in the back of a refrigerated van when the vehicle was searched as it came off a ferry at New Haven Port in East Sussex in the early hours of Saturday morning. Officers found 97 packages, each containing approximately one kilogram of cocaine. So that's about 200 pounds of coke, people. Kilograms, 2.2 pounds. 
Uh, James Satterley, 50, from Cookingham Maidenhead, has been charged with importing Class A drugs. So, they got the truck driver, and I think they have the big boys online, too. I guess they've been up to this for a while. And what put them onto it was the testimony of different witnesses who had gotten into buying fish straight from the wharf in New Haven. So, here we have with Polly Podmore talking about her family's experience buying fresh fish right from the wharf in East Sussex, England. Polly! So I goes and buys this fish, see, right off the wharf, right there, and I get the crate of fish home, and whoa, look, a nice crate of frozen fish with a gigantic batter packet in there. It had the coating mix right in the package. Now, I'm not sure if I like the flavor that much, a little medicine-y, but by golly, my fish and chips have never been more popular, have they, love? Dear me, no, they're just absolutely wonderful. I actually don't feel like eating after the first one, but I just can't stop eating them. Fortunately, by the second one, your mouth is so numb that you can just eat them straight out the fryer. Whoa! That's the nicest bit of third-degree burn to wake up to. I've had in a long time. Oh, my goodness, Neville! You're just scraping the coating off the outside of the fish and stuffing it up your nose! Why on earth are you doing that? I can't help it, Mommy. It's just wonderful. It's warm and inviting, and it just feels good. Well, I'll get good through my entire dinner, watching that hang out of your nose onto your face. Go in the other room. Anyway, this has been Polly Podmore, talking about buying fish at New Haven Wharf in East Sussex, England. Get down there while the free bag of coating mix is still available. Well, thank you for that report, Polly. And so here we are with another cocaine in the fish story from the United Kingdom. This has been Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck, saying tight lines and valentines. And don't you all be snorting no fish on me on your trip to England now. Peace out. All right, thanks, John, for bringing up some news this morning, and uh, I guess it's time, it's time, I, I guess, this is my show, damn it, it is time to announce the winner of the Unethical Fishing Contest. Are you ready? Uh, I chose this one because, first of all, because this person uh, is not just complaining about it, but doing something about it, uh, So this per and doing with a kid, so Gerald... From New Jersey, congratulations. You win the Fish Nerds Prize Package, which will include some glass water, lead-free lures from, from uh, the Crappie Hippie. You'll win a Fish Nerds Beanie. You'll win some decals, some swag, and a bunch of crap I got laying around my office. Uh, as well as the Crappie Hippie has tossed in uh, some hand-tied lead-free jigs that we're going to toss into that package as well. So a really good package. And you won because, first of all, you get, you know, you get bonus points for losing your kid, the kid to not your kid, but the, I think you said your nephew, uh, for in helping clean things, or actually doing things about it, not just complaining about it, and also creative use of the word douche. Um, very New Jersey of you to say that, <laughs> it made me laugh. So, so you win. Next contest, don't forget, it's coming up six zero seven three seven eight fish. Your fishy New Year's resolution. It's the next contest. Call it in now, uh, and some big show changes coming up real soon. I'm working on something really great, so stay tuned for that. And until next time, before we do this, hang on. Special thanks today. Wait a minute. How do I end the show? It's been so long since I've done a real podcast. <laughs>
All right. We're going to get this right. This is for sure the ending of the Fish Nerds podcast today. All right. So that's it. You've, you've listened to a whole bunch of Fish Nerds when you should have been fishing. Big fat thank you to Wally Pleasant for recording our theme music and writing it. Thank you to Diana's Bath Salts for recording our uh, our Fish of the News music, and, and we appreciate that an awful lot. The Crappie Hippie, John King, thank you for giving us the news this morning, and all you callers who called the show and participated in our unethical fishing contest. I loved every story. I was so happy to hear from you all. Wish I had 12... You know what I can do? How about if each of you guys send me your email... Your, your, each, everyone who entered the contest, and I will mail you a uh, Fish Nerds decal just for entering the contest. I do have a stack of decals right in front of me, and I can do that. So, Clay at FishNerds.com, if you enter the contest, or if, you, if you're the winner, Gerald, um, send in your, your, me your address, and I will pop a decal in the mail just because I love you. All right. So, until next time, follow the code of the Fish Nerds. Spawn early, spawn often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. Bye. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the hell of it. Fry it in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish Nerds, Fish Nerds, it's a podcast.